Hey, parents and little adventurers. Ever wondered where hot dogs come from? Dive into a world of wonder with the new children's book about cellular agriculture. Cellular agriculture? What's that? It's the science behind tomorrow's foods. Discover the journey of a family barbecue in a way that's fun, educational, and downright tasty. Grab your copy of Where Do Hot Dogs Come From? on Amazon today. Yum! The future sounds so delicious. Curious for more? Visit www.hotdog.fyi. Happy reading! Thanks for joining us on the Cultured Meat and Future Food Show. We're excited to have Dr. Vitor Santo as the guest for today's episode. Clean Meat News Australia provides the latest and up-to-date information about cellular agriculture and aims to inform and inspire public discussions about this emerging industry. Visit www.cleanmeats.com.au to get involved. The New Harvest Conference is taking place on July 19th and 20th at the MIT Media Lab in Cambridge. Register and learn more at new-harvest.org. CMS 19 is being held in San Francisco this November. The conference focuses exclusively on cell-based meat or cultured meat technology. Registration is now open at cms19.com. That's cms19.com. Mosa Meat is hiring. Mosa Meat is currently hiring scientists with cell culture experience, as well as automation engineers and quality assurance specialists. You can find these open roles at mosameat.com careers. Vitor Santo is a senior scientist at Just, focused on the planning and implementation of the clean meat program within the company. From early cell line selection and characterization to early bioprocess optimization, he has more than 10 years of experience in the development of cell-based models and therapies, primary cells, cell lines, and stem cells, all for biotechnology applications. Vitor has an MS in biomedical engineering and a PhD degree in tissue engineering and regenerative medicine and stem cells, both obtained at the University of Mino in Portugal. Prior to JUST, Vitor worked briefly at Immunocore in the UK for the development of immunotherapies for cancer research. He also worked for five years at IBET, a private biotechnology institute in Portugal, as a senior scientist. Vitor has been an invited lecturer in master's and PhD programs of several Portuguese universities, lecturing on the topics of drug delivery, biomaterial design, stem cells, and stem models for preclinical research, among others. Vitor, I am excited to welcome you to the Cultured Meat and Future Food Show. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Vitor, tell us a little bit about your background and when you first started working on cell-based meat. So I'm a biomedical engineer by, by training, and uh, I was doing research for several years on the medical field and pharmaceutical research. So a lot of my training was on tissue engineering approaches. So pretty much engineering tissues and organs in the lab uh, for different applications like cell therapy, regenerative medicine, but also pharmaceutical applications like testing new drugs and personalized medicine. And then more recently, more or less two years ago, I started to get more involved in the cultured meat space. And uh, I attended a, a cultured meat conference back in Europe and that's when I, I did the transition and really got into this field. And I saw this as a great opportunity to use some of the skills that I had. And I realized that this field was moving really fast and was very exciting. The mission is great. 
and I felt that I could be a, a contribution to it. And that's pretty much how I decided to shift and to move the, this space. And um, yeah, cell-cultured meat has been something that has been under my radar for a while, but uh, that was really only two years ago when I, I did uh, start doing the transition. And so you mentioned that you were in Europe. Did you move to the San Francisco Bay Area to work for Just? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, I was working uh, before moving here. I was working in the UK, and uh, but then I made the all the way back here to the US to to join Just and to really work in this cellular agriculture project and uh, start a new adventure. Let's talk a little bit about Just. So the Just brand is really becoming synonymous with clean plant-based replacements for many of the products that we see today. The Just Egg, which is super popular, and the Just Mayo, just to name a few. So tell us a little bit about the products that are currently on the market and the level of distribution. And I understand these might be products that you're not directly working on. Yeah, that's correct. Um, so we have a wide array of products in the market. So. Uh... Just the first product that we released into the market was, was the mayo, and that's really what, what brought us a lot of attention, right? And uh, a lot of the products that we have out there are based on, uh, on this approach of doing and changing the food system to a more sustainable one that is more environmentally friendly, that is more ethical. And for that, we have been using a lot of these plant-based proteins that we have sourced from all over the world. We have built this database in-house with more than 2,000 uh, proteins, and we have studied them, and uh, not only in terms of physical chemical properties, but also understanding their uh, food functionality. And that's how we came up with a lot of the products that we have right now. So mayo was the first, then we have also different dressings. We have cookie dough, and more recently we have the egg, which is really something that we we are very excited about and uh, that it's slowly being more available everywhere. So um, we have a lot of these products available in the US, but we also have uh, some of them available in the Asian markets like Singapore, Hong Kong and China uh, are just an example. And that's where we are expanding. And also we're, our goal is to expand as well to Europe pretty soon. So that's uh, one line of research that I'm not necessarily involved, as you know, I'm more focused on cultured meat, but it's a great part of the company uh, that is dedicated to this and uh, making great achievements. And it's super exciting to be involved with that as well. I wanted to ask you a personal question. There are a lot of plant-based products that Just is releasing. Do you personally follow a plant-based diet? I don't follow 100% a plant-based diet, so I still consume uh, several animal-based products. Meat is one of them and conventional eggs. But I'm definitely more aware nowadays, especially when I started working in this field and really being having a better understanding of the impacts of our current food system. So I'm definitely making wiser choices. I've reduced some of the consumption that I did before with some types of meat. And I'm definitely incorporating more plant-based products in my daily diet. So maybe if you ask me again in a couple of years, I will be already <laughs> in a different direction. But, uh, but yeah, for now, for now, I'm still pretty mixed. You mentioned sustainability as one of the reasons the foods that Just looks at uh, is important. But when it comes to cultured meat, can you tell us a little bit more of the benefits of cultured meat and maybe why it's seen as a cleaner product, so to speak? 
we can consider this as a cleaner product because essentially if you look at it from two different angles so the first of them is the process so the way that we're producing cultured meats nowadays is essentially to skip the whole need to raise uh, animals for consumption so we're avoiding the slaughtering process which typically is where you have the contamination uh, of meats and at the end of the day this makes our product much cleaner and more safe from a microbiological standpoint and we actually have data in-house to prove this and we the the chicken for instance that we're producing right now it's incredible the data that we're generating in terms of uh, lack of contaminants lack of bacteria so it's a super clean and sterile product so that's one of the biggest advantages that i see and uh, one of the biggest benefits and then obviously the other angle that we can also look at it is from an environmental perspective so it's way cleaner it's more sustainable so we're we don't need theoretically from one single animal we can isolate enough cells to produce enough meat to feed the world and also we don't need all the land uh, space that is necessary for the crops and the animals and overall CO2 emissions, water consumption can be significantly decreased as well. So uh, these two different angles make the whole process way cleaner. And that's, for me, the biggest benefits. If you talk to our chefs, they will also say that the final product can have a cleaner taste, so a more pure. And I think it also comes exactly from the reasons that I was mentioning before, because whatever we are producing, the cell concentrate that if it's chicken, if it's beef, it's really pure. There's no like contaminants in it. So you can really taste the real quality of the cells. And this makes up for a very clean and uh, delightful experience from a, a sensory perspective as well. So without going into too much detail about antibiotics, can you shed some light on maybe the usage of antibiotics, if that's even relevant in this case? I guess antibiotics something that would be used in, in the production of cell-based meat? Yeah, so antibiotics can be used in cell culture. So some laboratories, let's say in the fields that I was working before in medical research, in pharmaceutical research, they chose to use antibiotics in conventional cell culture maintenance because it was just the easier way, let's say, to make sure that you wouldn't get contaminations. But there's definitely a, a lot of ways to avoid that. You don't need necessarily to add antibiotics in your culture to maintain sterility. I can say that at just we're not using antibiotics in our uh, manufacturing practice at the moment. And we're being pretty successful in uh, achieving and harvesting our meat products without using them during production. So it's definitely something that we can do if you apply good manufacturing practices, uh, good aseptic and sterile techniques. Once you keep scaling up, that's something that can be more debatable. It's We're not at those scales yet, right? Working at thousands of liters, that might be a little bit more of a challenge. But until now, we have been pretty successful without using antibiotics. Just has announced that there will be a, a cell-cultured meat product on the market in the near future. And we're already seeing a lot of reports of this cultured chicken nugget being tasted. And so where is your team at in this process? And really, what gives Just the advantage to come to market first in comparison to some of the other companies? Yeah, so 
it's true what you're saying. So we have our cultured chicken nuggets uh, ready to go pretty much. So from our side, we're ready to launch the product. We're just pending now regulatory approval. It's been like this for a while, so it's not on our hands. We wish the product was already out there, as you know. We are having those discussions. So we're having uh, discussions with regulatory agencies at different countries. And there's also uh, been some developments in the U.S. as well, with FDA and USDA formally signing, signing their agreement. So we hope that the regulatory framework uh, in the U.S. also is released soon, so we can also have the product available in the U.S. In the meantime, we're also having discussions in Asia and looking at different Asian countries where we can have the product available pretty soon. Obviously, in a small scale in the beginning, uh, just few restaurants, so we can start having the product out there so people can taste it, see it, what it looks like, and start gathering some uh, sensory feedback and for people to actually have the great experience that a lot of those have experienced so far when they visit our company and they have the opportunity to taste the chicken nuggets. So far, the feedback has been pretty good and people many times cannot even distinguish between a conventional uh, chicken nuggets and uh, and uh, cultured meat chicken nuggets. So that's exciting. And I think it shows that we're in, in a good direction. But truly, we cannot wait to, to be in the market and really start having the product available out there. In terms of the advantage that Just has, I think there's a lot of expectations from us as well, right? Uh, we're a company that has been around for eight years. We have products in the market. We have been through this. We have distribution chains for our previous products. We have gone through the, some of the challenges and operational issues of putting a product out there, reducing its scale. We still do that and we're still doing that and having going through those motions for our products. So I think that's a great learning curve and uh, expertise that we can now apply to our meat products. And I think that's why we're probably in a better position than some other startups that don't have this structure to do this for their products. So that's one of the reasons why uh, we believe we're in a good position to be a leader in, in this field. So from a regulatory hurdles, how does that affect research and development, or maybe I should even say manufacturing in this case? Do you have to make drastic changes to the lab or process, or is this something that's a little bit more external from the production side? I think that we have to take this uh, feedback that we get from regulatory and also sometimes the requests right, uh, very seriously. And one of the things that Just has done is really uh, hiring a team that is experienced in production and manufacturing of biopharmaceuticals and other biotechnology related products that can be produced in or that use similar approaches to the one that we're using right now for production of meat. So that gives us already some level of uh, expectation and expertise for, to put a process in place that can be very similar to what regulatory agencies are expecting or will demand, right? So that put, put us in a position where we won't need to make a lot of changes to what we have already in place. Another thing that we feel very strongly about is actually developing a research plan that is feasible and developing a strategy that can be executed in the short term. So we want to put a product out there 
produce cultured meat that can be done in a cost-effective way that can reach the market rather sooner than later and also at the same time be delicious and be nutritious right that's pretty much our approach and so that's why we're also focusing right now a lot on producing ground meats and uh, that's why we're doing first starting with the chicken nugget and going also uh, as you know we have also announced the partnership with Toriyama and uh, also focusing on uh, burger uh, for Toriyama and a patty so that's the kind of um, the products that we're aiming because we want this to be feasible and we want the products to be released on a shorter time frame so that's how we kind of develop our research program around it because if you really make a very complex and intricate product to start with it will take several years if not decades to reach the market at a, at a cost effective solution so somehow we have to find a middle ground and the best approach to do this so for me, that's uh, this kind of communication and feedback from regulatory and from um, and how does it impact research and development? It's actually a positive thing. It's uh, how can we do this in uh, in the most effective way? From what I've been hearing, uh, there's been a lot of talk about FBS, and from my understanding, we're using FBS for a lot of the early stage development. Can you give us a high-level explanation about really maybe quickly what FBS is, but maybe in a very simplified way, why FBS, which comes from cows, would work great when growing chicken cells as well? The five-year-old in me wants to ask, why wouldn't we use serum from chickens? Yeah, that's a good question. The FBS is a fetal bovine serum, so it's extracted from fetal cows and is a uh, a very enriched cocktail of uh, proteins and other molecules that uh, promotes cell growth and uh, in some cases also can help differentiation. Essentially, FBS has been used a lot uh, across uh, cell culture fields, not only in, uh, in this space, but uh, in medical and pharmaceutical research because it's very enriched in uh, growth factor. So bovine serum is higher usually in growth factors than some other serums from uh, other animals. So that's one of the reasons why it's so widely used. And it's also lower, uh, as a lower concentration of antibodies that might react against uh, some of the cells. So that's one of the main reasons why it's widely used. And also it, there's a lot of processes in place to actually generate FBS. So there's a lot, it's, there's an industry developed around this that actually can be associated as well with uh, uh, meat producers. So it's a part of, uh, and some of the meat producers have a, a serum production also business around it. So uh, those things are actually related. But you could use chicken serum to grow chicken cells. It's a choice. And it could be probably as successful, if not more. It depends a little bit on the sources, but definitely it's a possibility. Just FBS is, let's say, a more universal approach that has a lot of data available as well, a lot of papers published, so you know what to expect and it's widely available. So that's the main reason why I think people go for it. And so is FBS used also in kind of medical grade cell culture that we might use for human tissue? Yes, that's correct. So when I was doing research with uh, human cells, FBS was widely used 
it's uh, it's a great supplement for uh, to stimulate cell proliferation in vitro of human cells. It's a universal formula to stimulate cell growth, regardless of the species of the cells. Obviously, there are certain things about it that are depending on the experiment you're doing or depending on your scientific question, you might need to use alternative sources. But in general, it works pretty well across the board. So more and more people are talking about DIY cell culture. And although this would be on a very small scale, what are your thoughts on kind of the idea of growing cells in a, I guess, home environment or a makeshift lab environment? Do you think that this is good from a scientific community standpoint? Or I guess, what are your thoughts? That's actually a, a funny a funny thought because uh, I remember when I presented for the first time in a cultural meat conference back, back in Europe, uh, Mark Post invited me to present about the work that I was doing in Portugal for scale-up production of stem cells for cell therapy. So a lot of that, uh, a lot of the science that I was doing could be applicable for culture meat. And I remember I was talking a lot about producing cells under extremely high purity and high standards and good manufacturing practices, again, because I was working for a medical application and FDA and in Europe as well, the regulatory agencies are very strict about these kind of requirements. And I remember after my presentation, I was followed up by Yuki. So everyone in the field knows his work and is one of the biggest advertisers for the do your own cell culture. And I remember it was the first time I was listening to him. It couldn't be like a, a bigger contrast at the time because he was really showing the opposite, how you could try to do these things at your own place and uh, grow cells with some power drinks and some other mixtures. And for me, I will confess, at the time I was a little bit shocked. I was like, <laughs> I was, wow, this is really, a, I'm really now exploring a different field and a different world. But now that uh, I've more, I am more, um, let's say, in this field and uh, more aware, I, I think that it's great that people do these kind of uh, experiments and we might find some surprising things and it's innovative, it's a, a different approach. And if you think about other products, some people can produce their own beer at home, you know, uh, the products are well described, people know how to do it, so you can even play around with it. So I think that it doesn't hurt. I think we have to be careful about the assumptions and about the, uh, and especially at the moment where all of this is new and we're going through regulatory approval and all that. I think we have to be cautious about some of those things, but at the same time to making these as natural as possible, I don't see any problem with it. The more the merrier. And if we can have a versatility of an approach and show that you can actually do this at your place, that would be a great achievement. So I support it totally. And I think it's a great idea. We briefly mentioned it earlier, but just recently announced a partnership with the Wagyu beef producer Toriyama. So can you tell us a little bit about this partnership and why it is important? Yeah, we're very excited about this partnership. We have announced it last December, and it's the first of its kind partnership in this field. And it really shows the trend and that how conventional meat producers are really understanding that this is the direction and the path for the future. So for those that are not aware, Toriyama is a, 
a Japanese family of ranchers. They raised these black cattle in great animal welfare conditions in Japan, in high altitude, great nutrition, and it generates the very famous Wagyu beef. So this very premium, rich type of meat, highly marbled. So it's exactly the type of meat that we want to produce and replicate in the lab because of its quality. So for us, it was a no-brainer to work with them and uh, to use the best sources of cells to produce our products. And for them, it's uh, a great opportunity to expand uh, um, their distribution because they can continue their practice. They don't have to change anything in their routine, in the way they raise their animals, in the way they produce their meats. And they can, and I'm quoting here, bring deliciousness to everyone. So that's really a win-win situation for both companies because they can continue their very limited ad production of animals, right? And we can help them really bring this product to the consumers and to a wider audience, let's say. By doing that, this, this is almost like a democratization of a, a premium product, right? And that's something that we feel very happy to do. From a scientific standpoint, in this case, I'm also particularly excited about the opportunities that this gives us to uh, understand better quality and flavor and the impact of the origin of the cows on the quality of the final product produced through a cultured meat approach. So this is something that is also very exciting for us and that's the type of work that we're doing right now is really understanding the key components that can really lead us to a premium product and a, a premium taste in our cultured meat product in the end. So because of all of this, this is a fantastic opportunity that I think it's great for just for Toriyama and also for the whole cultured meat uh, field. Earlier you had mentioned Portugal and you know Wagyu is a very premium meat, but also in Portuguese culture there's also the I think it's the Iberico ham, and that's also considered very premium meat. And I think I was reading that when it comes to taste, depending on what the animals are fed prior to slaughter, like it'll change the, the quality and, and taste of the meat. So would you say that maybe in the future we could even take these types of taste-based adjustments to the lab? Yes, I think that's a great area to explore in this field. I think a lot of the companies are focused on efficiency, right? So how can we make a serum-free media formulation to grow the cells? Or how can we develop a media that helps the cells to proliferate as fast as possible to make the process super efficient and to reach cell high cell densities? So a lot of the angle that people have right now for the science and for the research is really focused on how to make this a reality and a possibility. But definitely, we also have a lot of opportunities to explore the flavor angle and what is the impact of the, the nutrition of the cells on the final taste and quality in the final product. And for instance, that's one thing that we feel very excited about having our database in-house from the plant-based proteins adjust because it will allow us also to explore a lot of these different questions and understand the impact on the final product. But yeah, you raised a great point. I mean, Iberico 
pork is a is a great meat in the peninsula in Europe, and it's uh, one of the best ones over there. And I uh, I would love also to have the opportunity to produce a cultured meat product from that source. Yeah, it would be super exciting. Great, and we have just one bonus question. What is your favorite just product? So I'm biased, but I would say just chicken. <laughs> But uh, out of the ones that are already available, I think the egg is uh, is a fantastic product. I think, uh, especially, and I'm, I eat uh, eggs, uh, conventional eggs, and I think it does a great job in terms of recapitulating the the texture and also the cooking experience, and the flavor is pretty good as well. So I think it's a product that can really have a huge impact in the nutrition and uh, the food system, not only in the US, but worldwide. So I'm very excited about people trying it. But hopefully the Just Chicken will follow pretty soon. <laughs> and more people will have the opportunity to give us feedback and see if they agree with me <laughs> that it's the best Just product. You can learn more about Just at www.justforall.com. Vitor, are there any last insights that you might have for our listeners today? Not so much. I just want to thank you, Alex, for the opportunity to speak. And again, thank you for all the support you do for our community. It's great to have you on board and supporting not only the plant-based field, but also our cultured meat approaches. And from our end, we're very excited to bring the products to the market and for people to taste it. And we just want you to hold tight because you're, we'll be ready for a great ride. <laughs> and uh, we can't wait for that to happen. Thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your insight on the Culture Beat and Future Food Show. This is your host, Alex, and we look forward to being with you on our next episode. Thank you, Alex. Thank you.